You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hi folks, welcome to episode 110 of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. I'm your host Bart Buschatz and this is the show for October 2022. I am joined today by an absolutely wonderful panel and I haven't decided what order I'm going to introduce them in. So let's go at random and say welcome back Alison Sheridan from the Nocilla Cast podcast. Hi Bert, fun to talk to you and uh, with a guest I've never met in, if we can call this real life, real life. Ah, well, we'll call it real life. Real, and the real life guest would be Scott Wilsey, who's back for the first time in. Uh, it's been a while, Scott, but it's a pleasure as always to have you. It has been a while. Thank you. And yeah, I I think this is real life. It feels real. Yeah. Well, we'll if it isn't, that. Bart and I aren't friends because we've only met once in physical space. So otherwise, <laughs> it has to be. Um, Scott, last time you were on, you were from the Friends with Beer podcast. Is that still the best um, credit for you? Uh, well, it's morphed into friends with brews now, B-R-E-W-S, because we decided we don't always want to drink beer. Sometimes we want coffee or tea. Oh, ah. wow. The brew in two different words. Oh, sorry, two different yeah. senses of the word. I like it. Friends with brews. Excellent. Cool. Okay. And of course, Alison is from the Nocilla cast and uh, anyone who listens to Alison's show knows me already um, and vice versa. So, yeah. Right, we have a month's worth of Apple news to get into. So before we get into the news stories, let's just loop back to some things we talked about last time and get some updates. Last time we talked about the um, European Union's regulations on USB-C going final. Well, Greg Joswiak was on a podcast and said, yep, we're going to do it. Not a surprise, really. But no, okay, so- he didn't technically say that. What he said was, we will comply with the law. He did not say they would put USB-C. So we actually left open the possibility that they remove the connector altogether. Okay. <laughs> Having watched John Stern interview, the impression I got was that it was like, yeah, 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 we're doing it. But That's yeah, you're right. Everybody's interpreting it, but he did leave the door open. <laughs> See, when I heard it, I thought it also left the door open for dongle town situations. But I wonder how tightly the EU regulation is worded on that. We shall see. Last time we talked a lot about the fact that crash detection was a big new feature on all of Apple's newly announced products. Um, And it wasn't long after we finished recording that we started to get reports of uh, false activations, particularly on people on roller coasters, which are designed to, you know, be scary and make you feel like you're having an accident, I guess. Um, Apple explained that basically it's lots and lots of signals and there's no silver bullet. And then just before we recorded this show a few days ago, Apple released iOS 16, the beta of iOS 16.2, which contains a new feedback feature so that if SOS triggers when it shouldn't, they will ask you why. And so I think they want to tighten up their algorithms a bit and stop that from happening, which would probably be a good thing. We also talked a few times in the last couple of months um, about the various efforts to unionize within Apple workers. That is, that is still a thing that is still going on. Um, We talked about Glasgow workers getting ready to have a vote. They had a vote. They voted yes. So that is another union in uh, the United Kingdom. Uh, The first union in the United States is not having a good time of it. Uh, They have now filed a complaint against Apple because Apple are not giving them the same benefits or giving their own unionized workers. And that has them very cranky. Uh, Meanwhile, there is a second unionized store in the United States now in Oklahoma City, 
the Australians, they also had their first union a few weeks ago, and that also was not going well. They voted to go on strike. They went on strike, and they're going to do it again. And so, yeah, that's gone very smoothly. Another ongoing story that refuses to die is, of course, our viral friend COVID, and it is particularly resurgent in China this month. Um, I'm just going to read these headlines in order. They give you a pretty good idea how things are going. COVID-9 sweeping through Foxconn's main iPhone factory. Foxconn delays reducing iPhone plant production plan over COVID-19 outbreak. Employees at Foxconn plant vent about strict COVID-19 restrictions. Workers flee COVID, or Foxconn's COVID-hit iPhone factory over poor conditions. Foxconn quadruples bonuses to keep staff at COVID-hit iPhone plant. China imposes week-long lockdown at Foxconn over COVID-19. Foxconn to dodge China lockdown, move production to India. And in related news, Pegatron is spinning up iPhone 14 assembly in India. So, yes, that, that I think a lot of people are afraid their stockings may be one iPhone short of an iPhone this Christmas. It's hard to think of it this way, but that's probably not the worst thing that ever happened to somebody versus the people that are locked in a factory for months at a time. I mean, I have sympathy for everybody making these decisions and everybody working there. And I, you know, what it dare you to say, you know, for sure what the right answer is to this. I do not. I do not take you up on that dare. (laughs) I was, yeah, I was going to ask you guys, which of you would take a quadruple bonus to work in a COVID cesspool? Do I get well, you to don't have know a that Chinese it's a vaccine? That is do true. We, get, we don't do we know that. A, do we get a Chinese vaccine or a shiny new multivalent vaccine? Because if you give me the Chinese one, the answer is no. Give me one of the shiny new multivalent ones, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, the, if these people have been locked in this place for a long time already, you know, you're not saying, oh, I'm going from freedom to into there right. for a, a sure. couple of weeks. It's that I've already been locked in, in this jail place. And I mean, yeah, it's yeah. It, there's there's no good answer to any of this. No, no. Um, we talk a lot about Apple wanting to break into the Indian market more. Um, some good news for that mm-hmm. effort. Uh, the iOS 16.2, I think it will be, will bring them 5G uh, in India. So that, again, will make the iPhone a more appealing product there. And uh, we should have a little party popper. Matter is finally out. There are 190 certified products. Um, I've been doing a bit of reading on it, sort of in the hope of, is now the moment to go and buy all of my shiny new hardware? And the answer I seem to be getting is, yeah, 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 the spec is now out. Everything's all beta and broken. Give it three months. So I think for Christmas, I might buy myself some smart home gear. I think that's the best thing to do. Well, I think the thing to look at is if you are buying smart home gear anyway, then make sure it says it's matter compliant, uh, thread compliant. If if not, I would I would look for something that is and more and more stuff will be. But if you're already buying it and you're saying, do I buy A or B? Buy the one that says matter. Definitely that logo and 190 products is not actually bad going on launch day. They had, uh, the Matter Alliance had promised 130, and then they surprised everyone by having 190, which is, you know, pretty good. Uh, If you're curious, by the way, I think the best single article to get up to speed is from Ars Technica. It's linked in the show notes, but they call it, accurately, a realistic roundup of what today's Matter launch means for your smart home. And they break it down very nicely, and it's very understandable. So, nice job there, Ars Technica. Um. 
Just jumped everywhere. Okay, regulatory rundown is the new section I've decided to add. Instead of sticking all of this up in feedback, because this regulation stuff is not going anywhere. I just found myself shouting at my RSS reader this month. It's like, Apple, are you trying to get regulated? It's just what I kept saying to myself over and over and over again. So Apple rejected Spotify's app three times for trying to tell people how to buy audiobooks through Spotify. Spotify are like, but we can't actually do this. And Apple were like, yeah, 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 we want 30%. And so they basically went and added it to their complaint in the UK. They already have an ongoing investigation against them. So that just has another chapter added to it now. Um, Apple clarified their App Store policies to say that if you... If you're a social media app and you charge someone to boost a post, you need to give 30% of that boost money to Apple. Meta or cranky, unsurprisingly. I'm usually on Apple's side in a lot of this, but oh, come on, Apple. You're just reaching over and poking Zuckerberg in the eye as often as you possibly can now. You're not going to win that one. It's just like it's just like screaming with the hubris of please, you know, hey, regulators, look at us not care that you're concerned about us. Meanwhile, they also went and shut down um, Telegram's half-baked plan to start monetizing their platform as well for the same 30% reason. Uh, It just seems like they're asking for it. Telegram's plan, that was a, um, was it not Bitcoin, but it was. uh, Some sort of crypto weirdness. Yeah, cryptocurrency, right? To be honest, I didn't read that carefully because by the time I got to reading it, it was already not happening. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm with Allison. Normally, well, when it comes to App Store, I'm not always on Apple's side, but this this is a bit ridiculous. I don't I don't know if they did it specifically to poke Zuckerberg in the eye, but they're poking a lot of people in the eye, and it just seems I don't understand how they I don't understand this at all. I mean, aside Scott, from the they money don't have grab, enough money. They, they, they're really struggling <laughs> with cash. Um, they could go out of existence at any time. They're doomed. Uh, yes, yeah. Beleaguered Apple. That was always the headline, right? Although it has, in fairness, been a while since we've seen a beleaguered Apple headline. At least finally, yeah. you know, a decade later, they've shaken that one. Um, and then just one last piece of regulation. The UK have announced that they are considering, so they're fixing to make a plan to launch an antitrust inve- investigation into Apple Card and other big tech finance programs. The banks are very cranky that not banks are starting to get into banking. And they'd like the government to stop that. And the government are thinking about it. I guess we'll see where that goes. In legal latest then, Brazil continues to be quite cranky with Apple. Uh, We talked last time about this, and since then there has been another court case. So as things stand, as best as I can understand from the various translations from the Portuguese or Spanish that they speak in Brazil, and I should be culturally aware enough to know, but I am not so oopsie. Uh, Anyway, um, Apple apparently have had their fine increased by another $19 million equivalent. I don't know what they did. What did they do that irritated Brazil? they They stopped putting chargers in the box. Oh, okay. I that, just that, wanted to set the, is, what was this one? What was this uh, uh, particular lawsuit about? Okay. Yeah, they're, uh, the last, this is now the third judgment against them over not putting chargers in phones. Okay. So they now have an additional $19 million to pay. They have been ordered to start putting the chargers in the box for iPhone 12 and 13 in Brazil. And they have been ordered to give everyone who's already bought one a free charger. So think bumper case. 
Um, I don't know if they're going to comply, but that is what is currently ruled against them. I'm imagining the word appeal is marching into this conversation. But because none of it is happening in the English language, I'm actually finding it really hard to stay informed on that court case. It's a lot of bits and pieces all over the place. Um, So if someone knows more about this and I'm wrong, I would very much appreciate being set on the right path on this one. I'm finding it very hard to be up to date. See, I don't. I don't think they should. I don't like the idea of forcing them to include a charger in every box. What I think they should do is be forced to, at the time of sale, offer a free charge, offer a charger, just offer a charger. The the dumb little tiny charger bricks that they have can't cost that much. And the price of the phone should already cover it. So I think they should just have, if you need one, have the option to say, I need one, but don't put it in the box because everybody's got a billion of those things. Yeah, yeah, and the justification was the environment. So what you're saying there meets that goal perfectly, and it does. Yeah, it doesn't feel like you're being micro or you know nickel and dimed, which I think we, I think that's what makes people cranky. It's just a feeling of, but I've always gotten a free charger. How dare you charge me? Yeah, sorry, Apple side win this one. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, well, we agree. Cool. Um. <laughs> We have talked a few times about a company called Massimo suing Apple to try to get the Apple Watch banned because they say they invented, I think it's the heart rate technology first. Um, and Apple have decided to uh, go all in on this one. They are suing them back. Uh, they are saying that they copied the Apple Watch. So that's uh, interesting. We shall see how that develops. And there was a story I didn't include last time, which I maybe should have, but there was all sorts of reports that the noise cancelling in the AirPods Max had gotten less good. But it was all very... Well, how do you judge that? Because Apple said nothing. Apple were like completely silent on the matter. New firmware came out and people said the the noise cancelling got less good. Apparently, someone has done a bit more digging and there is an ongoing court case where Apple are being sued over the noise cancelling technology and it looks like this actually is part of that case. But because it's an ongoing case, they're gagged so they can't really say anything. So take that for what it's worth. It seems to be solid reporting, but Apple have not confirmed. I'm wearing a pair right now. Their noise cancelling seems fine to me, but apparently yeah, it's just be a, better. I was yeah, I was about to ask you, uh, Bart, have you noticed any difference lately? Like in the last few minutes, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I I only bought mine about three weeks ago, so I'm not the best judge, but they seem they're the best headphones I've ever owned, and they still you know still are. they're also. Three times the price of any other pair of headphones I've ever bought, so I guess they really should be the best, shouldn't they? Um, anyway, Apple HR and acquisition news. Normally, this is a you know you win some, you lose some sort of segment on the show, but it's really one-sided this month. Um, Apple design chief Evans Hankey is leaving just three years after succeeding Johnny Ive. Then we have two other key executives leaving: um, Anna Matheson, who is VP of Retail Online, and the CIO Mary Demby are leaving. And apparently, Apple are pausing hiring for jobs outside of R&D to cut costs. That is a report that is not an official statement from Apple. Nothing in the positive side of that ledger at the moment. So, it's yeah, the mood music is not great in, in that regard this month. Moving on to Apple services and original content. For the first time since launching Apple TV+, Plus, the price is going up a little bit. Um, I'm not mad... How do you other people feel about this slight price increase? It seems perfectly logical to me. I mean, when they launched, they had like three or four things, and now they've got 
award-winning, you know, Emmy-winning, yeah. Oscar-winning shows. They've got a deep catalog. They're they're churning out winners right and left. Um, it's not the hey, could you could you please try our little tiny service? It's the one <laughs> I'm going to more often than I'm going to Netflix. You know. Yeah, great. To me, it always seemed like, of course, the price was low while they had nothing. Now they have <laughs> lots of things. Yeah, yeah I, I, mean, I don't my... want to pay more. But... <laughs> right, exactly. I guess my concern is, you know, how far Apple will go as they try to keep their services revenue looking good for Wall Street. I don't, in the past, I don't think that Apple has traditionally worried about Wall Street so much as they do now. And... Maybe I'm wrong, but it seems that way. And that's my only concern with it. My concern isn't that it it makes me mad or anything like that. I just hope it's not part of a trend. And I hope it really is they are paying for their more expensive uh, productions as opposed to just you know getting a little bit more services revenue. So the next time they have a phone call with, this is Tim talking to the, uh, you know, the people on the line that he he has good news to say that's that's my only concern about it yeah stay tuned on that one i have some strong opinions coming up shortly but i'm going to keep my okay. powder dry on those um windows people get some good news uh, windows microsoft had a, a big conference and they announced a whole bunch of nice integrations actually to be honest microsoft announced integrations with lots and lots of people but with apple hat on windows 11 is getting icloud photo sync it is getting an apple music app and an apple tv app which is I, I think nice for people on that side of the fence or people who are forced to be on that side of the fence some of the time uh, and also apple music is now on the xbox which means that you can listen to apple music while shooting things I guess is fun. If you are the owner of an extremely expensive Mercedes-Benz with their optional 31-speaker Fancy Pants audio system, you can now have spatial audio from Apple Music. So you can, music can sound like it's coming from your left or your right, etc., etc., etc. I guess that's nice. If, you're, if you have one of those cars, there you go. And then, weirdest story of the month, Apple are releasing... Blu-ray and DVD versions of For All Mankind, The Morning Show, Truth Be Told, and C. Oh, that's an interesting move. Yeah. I, so, I, I, you know, I might buy Steve For All Mankind. I mean, it, that is one of the greatest shows. And to be able to go back and watch that. So many of those episodes have been, I think, movie quality in terms of the production and the drama and the special effects. It's been been pretty crazy. Not the morning show. Having on your it's just too depressing basically. to watch twice. <laughs> yeah, you're right, actually. It's one of those series that will be worthy of having up there on your shelf for people to see. Yeah, we're, we're a for all mankind. So. I think I'd like to wait until the whole set's available, though, because the show's not over yet. I hope. Okay. <laughs> Here's where I show my ignorance, because it says that they're only doing this in the UK. Well, it oh, says, it does. It, it yeah. says that the person, oh, sorry, the company releasing it is in the UK. Does that mean it's only going to be available in the UK? Well, that's what the Apple Insider thing says, but only in the UK it says. Oh, but, it does. So, so here's my question: I haven't touched spinny, shiny little physical media in a long time. Uh, did they not used to have different regional players that you had to use, and is that still the case? I don't know well, if that's so still a region thing. Zero. There's always been region zero, which means no region. And then there uh -huh. were different numbers of regions for DVD and Blu-ray. So 
the studio had the choice to either make it region zero or a particular region when they made the okay. DVD, which allowed them to do differential pricing. So they could is offer it for cheap thing? in Africa, et cetera. Yeah. So I, I guess not... what I'm wondering is if Allison has you ship her some copies or whatever, no, or in the UK she buys, finds them on the internet, would they be locked to? Yeah. A region? Yeah. What well, the thing with region locking was you could always change the region five times on a DVD player. So I bought a little external DVD player for like 70 bucks and I have one in region one for America and one in region whatever number Europe is. And so that's just been my approach to DVD regions. Just a little tiny external player stuck in the region. Rip them with, um, oh, what's that thing with the icon, like the fruit cocktail? Uh, oh, Matt the Ripper. Uh, or Handbrake, oh, Handbrake, Matt, that was the one. Yeah. Handbrake. Yeah, it was Handbrake. Um, and then stick them on my Plex. Um, but there is something nice about having like you know a box of dvds please i handled the plastic disc yesterday and the day before (laughs) saturday and uh one night a week we uh we watch a movie from our 300 dvds blu-ray dvds and uh uh one night a week we do something from the uh, apple catalog apple movies uh but there wasn't anything we wanted to watch so we watched two plastic disc movies this week we also have all ripped our our plex server but we like the uh, the audio and being able to watch it in 4k and everything and is it fun to stand in front of the shelf and sort of pick it is, is that part of the experience yeah and i finally organized it all so i know like all the horror stuff that steve likes is over on the right and all the happy happy joy joy stuff from the 1980s is is over on the left and then we've got all the marvel movies are together and 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 three quarters of a row is tom cruise things like that so christmas down at the bottom ready to go Uh uh-huh yeah blow the dust off that getting ready getting that time of year soon well, cool. Okay, it is time for our main stories. We have four main stories this month. Uh, we have Apple's Q Q4 uh, earnings call, which also brings them to the end of the financial year. So it's Q4 and 2022 financial year. We have um, Apple advertising going really up quite a significant notch in the App Store this month. That's story number two. Story number three, then we have some new OSs released. And then for story number four, we got some new hardware, even though we didn't get an event. We did get new hardware. So main story number the first then is it was Apple's Q4 earnings call. Apple made all of the money. It was the best quarter ever. And basically all the lines went up and to the right. (laughs) Apart from was it the iPad line didn't. But every other line went up and to the right. You know, I wasn't really paying attention. But uh, when the earnings call for Apple came out, all I heard was the pundits going, so everybody was in the toilet except for Apple. And and I was just couldn't have been happier to see that uh, I think Facebook lost something like 40 percent of its uh, value in the last some length of time. And uh, it appears to be right around the time that I left Facebook. So I'm taking complete credit oh, for it. Totally you. Completely you. <laughs> Trendsetter, right? Yeah, it, it was just um, what I always like is six colors always do really good graphs. Um, so they're linked in the show notes. And what's actually particularly interesting is it, if you look at the ones for the quarters, it's all jaggedy and jumpy because, you know, your your holiday quarter is obviously dramatically different to the quarters either side of it and so forth. So when you look at quarter by quarter, it's all jumpy all over the place. But because this is an end of year one, um, he also released uh, annual graphs. And they're much smoother. That gives you a much more sensible sort of a look at how Apple is doing and how Apple is breaking things up. And, you know, the the growth of services continues. The iPad is pretty flat, but the Mac is doing really well since they went to their M processors. The Mac is actually, it had flatlined and now it's really kicked up again nicely. So 
kind of interesting. But I think the earnings make sense when you look at the... Because Apple don't tell you numbers anymore, so we have to guess the numbers from other people. So if you look at the research that was released that caught my eye over the month, we have CounterPoint saying that uh, in the in North America, which I guess is it's definitely Canada and the United States, does Mexico count as North America when analysts talk about North America? It should. It's should. geographically there, right? Yeah. So assuming CounterPoint consider that to be North America, they are saying that... 30% of iPhone users in North America now have an Apple Watch, which is they... Holy cow. Isn't that amazing? They're calling it and, the highest attachment. In the United States, the uh, the iPhone is the biggest, you know, not, not true across the globe, certainly, but it's uh, the dominant market share in the United States. Wow. Yeah. That's, and on, that's yeah. amazing. And on the call, Tim made a point of saying that the new Apple Watch um, Ultra, or whatever they called it, is selling very well. They're apparently, they're supply constrained on a bunch of their Apple Watches at the moment. IDC then said that the PC market as a whole got, quote, hammered, is how IDC put it, down 15%. I guess that counts as hammered. Mac sales up 40%. So that's, again, explains why the Mac line is going up and to the right. Canalysts you know what looking... amazes me is no matter how many times I check the Apple, the uh, Mac market share over the past 30 years I've been watching it, it <laughs> barely moves. I mean, I think it's above 10 percent now. But every single year they tell us, you know, the percentage of people buying Macs uh, that were uh, our switchers is huge. And, you know, every every single time it sounds like it's going to be that, you know, you'll finally see the knee in the curve and it'll be like 30 percent. But what I would really, really like to see is those the the market share numbers without businesses yes. where nobody has a choice. And, and now a lot of companies, people have a choice now. So I think it's shifting some from that. But I would love to know what the home user is using. I would really, really, truly like to know that number. And I, if anybody knows a reliable source of that data, I would love to see it. I've searched and, you know, the usual uh, uh, people don't do that. And the other complication is if you look at sales numbers, it's distorted. Because if I buy a PC laptop, it's going to do me two, three years at most because it's going to fall apart and become crappy. If I buy a Mac, it does me five years. So each of those Mac sales translates to more Mac users. But not more Macs. That's right, but it's it. how many people, right? It's what percentage of the human beings are Mac people is what I'm interested in. And exactly, yeah. Sales numbers are going to give you a distorted view. They're going to give the PC an unfair advantage. Yeah, the word, the term much. market share sounds as though it means what Bart is saying. Mac users, number of people using the product, but it, it isn't. It's about this current sales. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's all that can be measured, right, by the likes of IDC and so forth. So yeah, that's how they see the world. Yeah. Analysts, meanwhile, were looking at what the iPhone is doing in China, because obviously that's a very interesting market. And the Chinese smartphone market as a whole fell 11%. The iPhone market went up 36%, which... <laughs> Given geopolitics, that's kind of amazing. Uh, and then hmm. finally, counterpoint, we're looking at the Apple's iPhone shipments across the world. So everywhere. Uh, and that still saw 2% growth, even though pretty much everyone else was having a really terrible time. But it wasn't a good Q3 for the industry as a whole. But Apple still beat the odds and managed to grow by 2% worldwide. So I think that explains why Apple had such a good year in terms of the earnings. And... I don't know about you guys, but there used to be a time when I worried about the iPad sales always being a bit flat, but 
I don't know. It seems like it's just a healthy product line that isn't particularly exciting, but just keeps trundling on and being good because it's still a sizable business, even if it isn't it's growing. It's a huge business. If you looked at it standalone, it is a huge business, but it's it's floating along. And one of the things that's probably flattened it out now is because it, the growth was so big during the pandemic because it was a good way to get your kid onto a Zoom call when they were stuck at home for two years. Yeah. And it's a very you know, personal kind of device, right? Yeah, if you're stuck at home, you kind of want to. Everyone has their own iPad, right? That's certainly how I work. <laughs> yeah, that's the one genius thing they did in terms of how many you have to buy. You can't share them. No, not easily, not well. Unless you share email accounts, share Facebook accounts, you know, share bookmarks on on your web browsers. Yeah, not a very sure. Login, all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know people who do, but that's not the majority. I don't think. You know what's fascinating to me about the graphs, though? If you look at the bottom graph, we're talking about how well the Mac's doing, how the iPad's holding steady, how the wearables are going up. Services is huge now. Mm-hmm. And it really, that's, you know, to me that says, you know, for good and bad, whatever you think of all the things that Apple's doing to increase their services revenue, that's not going to go down because that's where they're seeing their growth. The real growth. It is. And that, that I think is a perfect segue into story number two, because I think, well, yeah, let's, yeah. So let's, let's segue into story number two. So like you were saying, Scott, that is the biggest chunk of Apple sales is that, uh, is that services is where the growth is. Cause it's not bigger than the iPhone because the iPhone is like literally the biggest product on planet earth, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously services isn't competing with it yet, but it is growing faster than everything else. And that is definitely what's behind a lot of the pressure on the App Store to do things like get the 30% out of Mark Zuckerberg and just keep pushing it, even though the regulators all around the world are going, and now lads. Um, but the other thing that's driving is ad revenue. And this big push that Apple, we had reports last month that Apple wanted to do a big upgrade in ads. Well, this month it became real. So as of this month, we now have new ad placements in the Today page, which that didn't bother me. But you can now buy ads in the product page for other apps. So the developers don't even have a place to advertise their own app in peace. The developers are forced to use Apple's App Store and they're not even given a little, not even given a tiny little piece that's theirs to put out their stall. No, you can buy space on your opponent's app page and you don't get any control you don't get to say i find gambling objectionable therefore don't put gambling ads on my app page but no they have backed off on gambling by the way they have they paused them yeah yeah they kind of had to because first off everyone noticed that there were more gambling ads than any other ads then they noticed they were showing up in apps that were sort of kind of aimed at kids and then someone pointed out they were showing up at anti-gambling addiction ads had gambling app ads in them which was I think the low point. That was followed, you know, like four news items later in my RSS feed with Apple saying we've stopped, we've stopped, stop shouting at us, we've stopped. But the underlying problem isn't gone. The developers literally don't have a safe space. Right. And I wonder they they use the word paused. We have paused ads related to gambling in a few other categories. <laughs> what does that word paused mean? Are they trying Not to right figure now. out? Right. <laughs> 
Yeah, they're yeah. basically trying to fix their algorithm so that when they turn on gambling ads again, they won't show up on the anti you know, on the gambling addiction app ads. The most egregious stuff, I'm sure they will remedy with some more smart AI or something, or some updated policies for approvals. But see, uh, I, I'm, I'm talking to Tim Cook now. See, Tim, I've used Siri and other uh, AI efforts by Apple for many years, and I'm not impressed, so I... I don't believe in their ability to make that happen very well. That That is fair. Uh, and App Review has certainly had a rocky road. Although it is getting a lot better these days, I have to say, actually. It's been a long time since we've heard about App Review being slow and terrible and capricious. It's it's a lot quicker, and I'm hearing a lot more stories from developers saying, my app was, was approved before I had time to finish my coffee. I, I literally heard a developer say that the other day, which was nice. Wow. Uh, uh, th- this just in, I was asking about market share of, of the uh, of the Mac and whether it's it's uh, ever gonna gonna show the growth. Um, the 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 best measure I found while I've been searching is web clients OS family statistics. Android forty two point six seven percent, Windows thirty percent, iOS seventeen percent, Mac OS six percent. So I, I think it's probably never going to go high because mobile is dominating everything now. So if you throw the iPhone in with the Mac, they're winning. Well, mm-hmm. or they're, they're uh, doing no, darn well. No, 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 no. They'd Windows. still be only at 23%. Windows is at 29%. Ah, okay, close. They could get there. They could get there. <laughs> right, but it, but it, I think the, the answer to my question is that's the wrong question. Yeah, actually, I think you're probably right because desktops are going away. The traditional OSs are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So they're fighting over smaller pie. Yeah. Yeah, Interesting. I mean, I understand it. But on the other hand, the thought of a phone being my primary computer, like (laughs) it's my portable one, but I I wouldn't want to live that way. I mean, I know that I know that a lot of people have to. It just. Remember iPads, like an iPad Pro is a pretty. I have a lot of family members for whom an iPad Pro is the only computer they ever need. Sure. They're like yes. less stressful. But when I when I hear that Android market share though, I think phones because I don't think there's a lot of Android tablets in in existence. Mm-hmm. Or in use, I should say. I was going to say mm-hmm. yeah, uh, there's a lot of them I know of sitting in the bottom of drawers, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Now, I was already fairly cranky about the ad story. Like I wasn't cranky when I heard it was on the Today page, but when I understood that product page means the actual page for actual apps, that made my head explode. I got very cranky. And I thought, well, maybe this is just a bad idea by the low-level manager looking after ads who's been told to make the ad business grow. But if reporting is to be believed, the App Store team were horrifically against it. They made their complaints up the line and Tim Cook said, shut up, we're doing this. So basically, this looks to be Tim's idea, if the reporting is to be believed. And of course, Tim has not come out and said that. So we need to take the soul shaker with that. But that appears to be where things stand. And while we have the 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 salt shaker in our hand, we also have unconfirmed reports that Apple are contacting potential advertisers about selling ads on TV shows and on live content, a.k.a. sport, in particular on their Major League Soccer. Uh, They have a 10-year deal on Major League Soccer. So they appear to be feeling out in the market for interest to buy ads in live sport and on Apple TV+. For some reason, that doesn't bother me at all. That's just normal. We're used to ads on television. 
you know, but the well, yes and no. I mean, I have Hulu. Uh, we have Hulu Live Plus. I don't know what it's called. It's the it's supposed to be the live version with no ads. They say no ads. Of course, the live stuff is going to have ads, but they still have ads in a bunch of the stuff that's not live, and they have some rationale to. Due to, due to streaming rights, Hulu's no ad plan will put, play an advertisement before and after your show. Exactly. That's the exact words that it says. Yeah, and by the way, the price on that's going up too, by the way, and it's not just Apple raising prices. But um, I guess the thing that would bother me, though, is like right now when I'm watching the original content from Apple, you're not bombarded with ads and you don't have it. So it would be a regression. I agree with you that if it came out of the box on day one and and we were we had it in their shows, it, it wouldn't bother me that much. But to be honest, it probably will bother me. If they do put ads in things like uh, For All Mankind or something like that, it, it will bother me because right now I'm not used to seeing that. I don't have to deal with it. And I love watching stuff that does not have ads. I really, really love it. So... For me, I think it'll bother me and it'll feel like a big regression. Well, especially with the price rise. We've raised your price and now we're going to throw ads at you. Hang on a second. But that, we don't know that's what they're going to do, of course. Because A, I told you to take the solar right. out. Because in related news, Netflix have just launched their ad-supported cheaper tier. So I believe Apple are doing a lot of their sporting stuff for free at the moment. And that obviously is not sustainable. Right. You you can't keep giving away stuff for free that you've paid millions of dollars for the 10-year rights. So maybe there will be a free tier full of ads and that those of us who pay Apple One don't get ads. Maybe there'll be a cheaper tier for Apple TV Plus that's ad-supported like Netflix are doing. So it's possible that the people who pay the full price won't see any ads even if this product really does exist and they really are trying to sell ads against this stuff. So I don't think it's time to set our hair on fire just yet, but it certainly shows where Apple want to make money and where they're thinking. I, I think the reason I'm saying it doesn't bother me as much is it's it's definitely relative. If I had to choose where to have ads inside my apps versus inside my television, I'm used to having it inside my television. I don't like it. I don't want it. If I'm paying for an ad-free version, I would like it to be an ad-free version. I would uh, I would pay extra for ad-free. I mean, you can sell your eyeballs or you can give the money. That that yeah. seems like a legitimate trade to me. But having, I mean, the the App Store makes so freaking much money for Apple. Adding it on top, I forget if it was Marco Armand or Casey Liss who used used the perfect word for it. It's gross. It's yes. just gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that does it perfectly. That really does. Yeah, Rose. And the no, other thing, I... just from from my personal point of view, I I made a policy a few years ago that I was going to pay for content so I never see ads. So I haven't seen an ad on television in years. I darn well want to keep doing that. So as long as I keep getting an option to open my wallet instead of my eyeballs, I guess I'll be happy. Well, I won't be cranky. Yeah, and I think if they so right now their sports offerings are pretty limited, right? Like they show a Friday night baseball game or something. But if they're going to expand that and they're going to show more games and different sports, for sure they have to have advertising. It seems inevitable, and that doesn't bother me at all. Uh, you know, in a lot of sports, there's natural breaks for advertisements anyway, and and that's fine. That doesn't bother me. I just. I would prefer not to watch for all mankind or something like that and start getting advertised too. If, if it's an option not to, I will take that option. 
hopefully that won't become more expensive versus them just offering a cheaper option. But but yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Allison. I think I, TV obviously is a place for advertisements. I just don't want a regression on a particular service in that regard. That's all. But yeah, you're you're 100% correct. I agree with you. And then the last thing that I, I wanted to find somewhere to throw this into the show notes, it's not a good fit anywhere, but Apple have started to push out an update to Apple TVs where the top row on the Apple TV app is no longer what you're currently watching. It's a new row that Apple control called featured content, which feels awfully like an ad to me. It's obviously an ad for Apple's own stuff, but I do kind of like that. The first thing is what I was actually watching. That's literally why I'm there. I'm literally paying you. Just let me go in and watch my stuff. So I heard John Syracuse talking about this also on the Accidental Tech podcast, and um, I th- he referenced an interview. I want to say it was with Netflix where they ran different A-B testing on users and found that there was more viewer engagement if they showed them things that were coming up that they didn't know about than if they showed them what they were already watching. So imagine a world where they only show you, here's for all mankind. You were, you were on episode four, here's episode five. You're, you're watching uh, C and here's episode seven. And that's all they showed you. When you're done, what happens? But if they, you can watch more than one thing at once. So if they expose to you and they say, hey, you know, here's uh, here's Ted Lasso. Did you know about Ted Lasso? And you keep seeing it. It's, it is an ad for the service, but it is exposing you to the kinds of things that maybe you could watch. And I think that whether we like it or not, I 100 percent am on the same opinion as you, Bart, that I don't I want to see what I'm watching. That's why I went there. I want you to just show me what I'm watching. It works. I keep finding shows that I wouldn't have watched on and Hulu does it like that, too. I have to scroll way down. HBO Max does it that way. Apple is just now matching what the other companies have already been doing. Yeah, I wouldn't object to it being on the second row. In fact, I would like it <laughs> because like, like you're saying, Alison, like on Netflix, I discover a lot of stuff through that feed. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd like it to be the second row, <laughs> not the first. But they've proven you watch more if they show you more stuff that's coming up. That's the problem. I mean, it made me feel better that they actually had data that showed that that's the way it worked than just, hey, we hate our customers. Let's irritate them. <laughs> that's Fair. that's a good point. I, I OK, I want to ask you guys, what is your opinion when it comes to the Apple TV app, whether on your iPad or your TV or whatever? It doesn't matter. But getting back to something that you're watching already seems difficult to me. Like sometimes I'm watching a particular show and for some reason it still thinks I'm watching a specific episode, but I'm not. I just don't want to watch all the end credits or whatever. Getting to that show to look at the list of episodes so that I can choose an episode other than the one that it thinks that I'm watching is very difficult and very annoying. And that's the part of it that bothers me, not so much that they want to show relevant stuff, because I'm with Allison. I think showing relevant stuff is something I do want. I just, yeah, I want to be able to get to the stuff that I am watching also. But do you guys find the experience of, of like, let's say you want to look at the details for a show that you're watching and not just click on, yes, resume this specific episode? Am I just, well... Maybe I shouldn't ask this question. If I don't. Am I just really dumb or is it harder than it needs to be on the Apple TV? I 
Well, okay. First of all, um, I don't want to, how do I say this without being sexist? I'm not allowed to control the remote control most of the time in my home. Um, I don't have as many opinions about it, so that's fine. But uh, my husband doesn't ever trust it. So I don't actually know whether it works. The way we solve the problem, and I've talked about this on my shows, is I created an Airtable database. And in the database, we have the name of every show we're watching. Who's watching it? Is it me, Steve, or both? And then uh, is it an active show? Like, is it is it available that we could watch another episode right now? Maybe we've completed it or maybe the season's over. And then most importantly, it tells us what channel is it on? You know, what is it on Hulu? Is it on Netflix? Where is it? And then Steve keeps track of what uh, what episode we're watching because he doesn't trust any of the services to tell him the truth. Not any of them. Like if he goes into Hulu and Hulu shows him the next episode, he's still going to look at the database to say we're on seven. And uh, so that's a lot of work for him to maintain. The other part's pretty easy once you've got it set up. And the problem that solved to start with was we would sit down and go, hey, let's watch, uh, you know, um, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah, where is that one? Is that, uh, you know, and it would be on Amazon and it's the only thing we watch on Amazon. So we hardly ever could find it. And it it helped us keep track of things uh, to have that database. I've I've actually published uh, the format of it. If anybody uh, wants it, I could give it to Bart for the show notes. (laughs) Actually, to be honest, Alison, please do, because I think Bart wants it just for life. I'll put it in the show notes with great pleasure, but I think I want it for life because I've always, we're always forgetting, am I watching this one alone? Am I not allowed to watch the next episode? Oh, no, watching it together. Oh, sugar, don't do that. You know, yeah, I'm going to answer your question indirectly, Scott. So, you know, the way the Apple TV has by default, it now defaults to Apple's TV app as the home screen. But there's an option to go back to the home screen being the home screen. The home screen is my home screen. And we pretty much go into every individual app because we have them all in the top row. And we only go into Apple TV's app for watching Apple content. We do not trust it to find our Disney content. We do not trust it to find our Amazon content. We go to Disney, we go to Amazon. Now, we can't use it for the Netflix content, so we have to go to Netflix anyway. But even for the stuff that is integrated, we don't use it that way. We just use the row of apps on the homepage. But do you have a, let's say you're watching multiple Apple TV originals mm-hmm. at once and do you ever have a problem see i i still have problems sometimes where the specific one i want isn't there or i want to see the show itself and not the episode so even just for apple content i have annoyance issues with it i can only answer that indirectly because the way it works is i'm plating up dinner while my better half is getting the telly ready and i hear a lot of swearing and the amount of swearing is greater when it's an apple tv show than when it's a netflix show so okay. I can tell you that the symptom seems to be that he finds it more stressful. Well, tell him that across the world in a different time zone, someone else is swearing along with him. <laughs> you know, he actually would like that. I actually will tell him that because it'll make him feel better. <laughs> <laughs> You're not alone. Yeah. Right. I'm going to move us on to main story number three. Apple gave us some updated OSs. So this is part two of Apple's refresh of their operating systems. Part one was last month when the iPhone got its big update to iOS 16. And part two brings the iPad in line with iOS 16 and adds a few extra features. And of course, it brings the Mac up to Mac OS 10 and not Mac OS 10 Ventura, Mac OS Ventura. Um, I think in terms of iPad, actually, sorry, and everyone, whether you're on Ventura or whatever, everyone gets to play along with iCloud Photo Library for the first time. And all No, of not OS's, iCloud Photo Library. Shared sorry. iCloud Photo Libraries. Yeah, truly shared, as in... It is a bucket of photos, and if I delete it, it's deleted for everyone. If I add it, it's added for everyone. It's a truly shared 
library with the pros and cons of it being a truly shared library. So only share with the people you actually trust because if someone goes in and does a a command A backspace, they're all gone. I've got to wonder, you know, I will be married to Steve for the rest of my life. I have absolutely zero doubt about that. But the what if you share with your spouse and then get divorced? Well, I guess I don't think there's a way up. to recover if one of you if one or both of you is really angry. You can move photos back, though. But if someone's really angry. Yeah, right. If someone deletes backspace. Them. I thought I heard I don't know. somewhere that they were recoverable for a period of time. Don't you have, Maybe they are probably. Photos? You have a deleted photos folder in your iCloud, right? Where you can go back 30 yeah. days. Yeah. But if you try, like, if I just get tired of taking photos and so whenever we're together with the kids, Steve is the one who takes the photos, you can't take back the photos that you didn't take. You can take back the photos that you took. Or can you just drag and drop out of that? I haven't, to be honest, I haven't turned it off. That, that I'm not sure of. But I know that if, uh, it, again, John Syracuse was talking about this. He's been doing experiments where uh, sometimes you'll end up with duplicates. So let's say uh, Steve took a great photo. He airdropped it to me so that when we merged our libraries, there's now two copies. Mm-hmm. You can take back the one. Or one of them get, gets disappeared when the deduplication process goes through, if you choose to do that. So now which one is still there? The one that you can take back or the one you can't take back because the other person took it. And that's what led me to believe you can only take back what was originally yours. Right. There might that's be a, a way to still do it, question. like as an import more. I have questions. Or, I'm yeah. terrified of it. Yeah, I haven't turned it on um, because I, I am deeply in love with my better half. I'm not entirely sure either of us want the responsibility of being able to destroy each other's photos. I think marital bliss in the Blue Shots Kearns household may not survive shared iCloud photo libraries. Yeah. I tried to turn it on, but I think I might have tried to turn it on too soon before all the yeah. operating systems were ready because I was on beta right. for a while and I think I misunderstood when it was ready and I kept turning it on even after the my family had updated their devices to the first versions of iOS 16 and I had the option to turn it on, but every time they went to respond to my invitation, it kept telling them that that album wasn't available. They just couldn't join. And now yeah, they've lost interest. Now it might work, but now I have to convince now, them that, yeah, yeah Scott's <laughs> going to do another science experiment. And you're probably going to be annoyed. So here we go. <laughs> Actually, tell, tell them I'm going to put in a new mesh network at the house or you can do this. Which one do you want? <laughs> <laughs> or like I'm going to put bargaining. a VPN on your Mac. Uh, you know, uh, or I'm going to make you change all your passwords. Just make sure there's a, a worse choice. <laughs> I just got done putting in a new Apple TV yesterday. And of course, I was signing them in. And of course, they were getting barraged with codes. And of course, I got tons of messages in the family message thread saying, what's going on? Is somebody trying to add me to TV? And I'm like, yes, it's me. <laughs> Um, yeah. The other thing all the operating systems got, which may make some people very happy, the Apple, sorry, the Nintendo Classic Controller is now available for your iPhone, your iPad, your Mac, and your Apple TV. As a child of the 80s, if I played games, I would want this. It made me immediately go all soft and squishy looking at it, but I don't actually play games anymore, so I'm not really interested, but I did like it. Um, so that was nice. Which, which thing was this that you're talking about? So this is the Nintendo Classic Controller. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Which they re-released as a wireless thing, which of course in the 80s it was not wireless. <laughs> right. But it's it's that shape that brings back all those childhood memories. Um, and it now, so it works across all the Apple devices now, um, which is a nice little bonus for, you know, the, the latest updates. Um, the big change, though, of course, is that the iPads are now able to jump onto the iOS 16 stream. So all of the features our iPhones got a month ago now come to our iPads so we can all spend time customizing our home screens and all that kind of fun. Uh, but we also get Stage Manager out of beta. And well, that's true, in fact, on the Mac as well. Has anyone tried and liked it? Uh... I I've played with it a little bit on the iPad and I didn't like it, but I've put Ventura on my non-production machine on a um, uh, Mac mini that I run. And I think that I'm really going to like it there. Now I know you're a big spaces fan and I've run up that hill 85 times and I always end up hating it within a couple of days and I get rid of it. I just, it seems like a big waste of time that I'm always going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But what spaces does, or what, uh, um, Stage manager does for me is I really I I am a mess on my on my desktop. My desktop has twenty eight different windows open right now. They're all in completely random places. I'm moving them while I'm talking to you. They're all over the place. They have no rhyme or reason of where they are except at that instant in time. I thought that was a better place for it. What I found when I was I'm doing screen sharing into the Mac Mini to run uh, center or stage manager. And what I found was I would I would command tab to Vinci, or to Safari, and all of a sudden all the crap that was on my screen would disappear, and just Safari would come up, or maybe Safari and another app, and I could do something, and I'd say, okay, now I'm going to go to my mail, command tab to my mail, boom, it all comes up, just the mail comes up with maybe something else, and so I'm it's it's changing context, but I'm not having to do it, and my desktop was much cleaner, and and it, it feels like I might like it. Haven't haven't used it in anger, as they say, but uh, I. I'm optimistic on the iPad. It just, I have a 12.9 inch iPad pro and it shrank things up in a way that I, I need some apps. Like I want my video podcast player. I want that to be full screen. Why would I want to have less than full screen watching a right. video? And so I have to go in and out of it a lot. And I eventually stopped using it. So I'm not sure being able to have overlapping windows in certain circumstances, I think will be helpful though. That that's the piece I might use. Yeah, I haven't been able to use it on the Mac yet because this Mac that I have right now isn't upgradable. It's a late 2015 iMac. Mm -hmm. So I am going to be in the market for a MacBook Pro when I can afford it, but that might be a while. But on the iPad... You have a kidney you can spare. Come on. I know. (laughs) The problem is, Allison, I'm getting to the age where people don't want my... Even I don't want some of my body parts anymore. (laughs) But, Can't even sell them on the open market anymore. Yeah, nobody wants those. So, um, so I haven't tried it on the Mac. And I what one one thing I am curious about is on so on the iPad. The one thing I don't like about it is it's really dumb with its window placement and it's dumb with its window sizing. And you can go back to a stage that you have set up before, and you'll find that it's resized all your windows so that they're shoved up near the top and. There's a great big space between the windows and the dock that's doing absolutely nothing. And it wasn't that way when you left it because you had it the way you wanted it. And now you go back and there it is. And it just infuriates me. But on the Mac, is it pretty good about not, is it pretty good about maintaining the position of windows that you, you know, that you established? I don't know. Um, I haven't spent enough time with it. 
that's where I've got to, and, and I need to go through and do the experiment everybody else is doing is trying to figure out how does it decide which apps are clumped together into those piles and how easy is it to move them in and out and what size of the windows. That's I'm really looking forward to that. I have committed to Jill from the Northwoods that I will not upgrade until after the 9th of November because she can't go till then. <laughs> she has a big project due and actually I've got a, a video for Screencast Online due, so I probably shouldn't do it right now either. Yeah. I think my thinking is I am a Spaces user. I have been a Spaces user for a decade. I see no reason to stop being a Spaces user. But of course, the great thing about Apple adding a new option is, well, it's just a new option. I don't have to use it. But my thinking is when I try, you know, now that I may actually travel again from time to time, I don't own a laptop anymore. My, 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 my iPad Pro is my only portable device. And while in the house, I don't tend to use my iPad for stuff my Mac is better at. If I'm traveling, I actually do use that iPad as a laptop. And when I have the keyboard attached, the thought of being able to have multiple windows windows and manage it for something like creating the show notes, it actually sounds very powerful on the iPad to me. So I really like the idea of being able to have ByWord and Pocket open as two separate windows in the one stage on my iPad and then using the trackpad and keyboard on the case, being able to work from my iPad, which is so light and so portable compared to any laptop I've ever owned. So uh, on iOS, sorry, on iPadOS, it excites me. On macOS, it's like, well, that's great for some people. I'm just not those people. I don't have to. You won't even try it. You're just going to discount it immediately without giving it a shot. But it literally doesn't solve any pain points for me whatsoever because I'm really happy with spaces. I don't just tolerate spaces. I love spaces. See, I'm I'm a I different way. I can have a, a workflow that is perfect and I will always try something new just to see if my definition of perfect is incorrect and there's something even better. That's why my system is constantly changing in anarchy and things go horribly wrong. I mean, how do you wreck everything if you do it that way, Bart? <laughs> yeah, I need to be in the mood for wrecking. I will do, there are times where I would just decide I've, I've had enough of the status quo, let's throw all the cards in the air and see where everything lands. And then there are times when I'm like, I want to be productive. I need to not poke at things. And I'm in a, oh, you productive the Mac, people, I'm in a productive geez. mode. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think you have to try it. I think you have to try it. Yeah. I think I'm in the same boat as you though, Bart, in a, in a way, because my Mac is an iMac. And so even in my house, when I don't want to be in my computer room or my office, um, I have the ipad pro and i don't want to get into this whole conversation i'm going away from that approach basically because i do a lot of modern web frameworks i don't have to but i do just for fun anyway it gets into issues with the ipad os but things it can do things it can't do but yeah so i do use stage manager on the ipad for exactly the reasons that you're talking about and i would like it if it wasn't so bloody annoying about what it wants to do with the windows is all that's my only complaint is do you have to make it that dumb do you <laughs> not understand that nobody wants their windows shoved all the way to the top do you, can you just at least give me throw me a bone of if i put them a certain way no matter what you think of that way leave it that way don't change it when i come back to that stage at least try to get that part right that's that's where i'm at with it I think there's still bugs to be ironed out is the impression I get listening to podcasters who are playing with it. Particularly the Mac version actually yeah. is getting, I'm seeing a lot of people say that the, the iPadOS version is pretty stable, but the Mac version, they're getting very weird behavior with stuff like grouping apps, like you were asking. Yeah. Us. Hey, Scott, let's change our advice. Bart, don't try it. 
wait until it's good and then try it. Because <laughs> if be we honest, get you to yeah. try it once and you hate it. Yeah, and you see, the reason people love Stage Manager is the reason that I love spaces. So people get very cranky with spaces because you can't see the other spaces, right? That is seen as a downside by a lot of people because they're gone, they're hidden, they're invisible. That's actually why I want them because I'm too distractible. So That's not why I hate it. That's not okay. at all why I hate it. I hate it because it's so inefficient. I've got, I am constantly, I go over, I say, okay, I'm just going to write. So I'm just going to put in, I'm going to have uh, a space that is uh, just Ulysses and I'm going to write. Well, I need a link. Oh, I have to go to a different space to go find uh, to go find Safari. Okay, I'll go get the link. Okay, I need to drag in a file. Oh, I've got to go back over to another space and find the finder. Well, let me move that finder window up and over and back down into the space. And pretty soon, I've moved all the crap I need in order to write all over into a new space. I, I'm never doing something that only requires one context that doesn't touch anything else. And that's why I don't like it. I just eventually it looks exactly like my original desktop. Okay, but stuff like Safari and the Finder, you can they can be in all the spaces. So I, I have yeah, Finder windows everywhere. I, mean. I have Safari windows everywhere. Right. Which means so it's I end perfect. Up putting, which means I end up with all the crap out in every single space. I end up with no, everything no, no, in every no, no, space. No. You, you don't say show Safari in every space. You have different Safari windows in each space. You just say new window and then you keep them there. So when I switch spaces, my I have Safari windows everywhere, but they're completely different Safari windows. That doesn't help me. At all. That's just that's that's just having all the stuff in all the spaces. So now all the spaces look like my original desktop, which had all of this stuff. I end up with all of the stuff in all of the spaces. When I go into programming mode, the old I have a lot of windows in my programming space. It's I have I have um, my Git client. I have my coding client. I have 20 Safari windows with different bits of documentation. um, I have my terminal for testing stuff. But when I then switch to my podcasting space, I have. I'm byword. I have different Safari windows. I have Pocket. So it, I don't actually leave that space while I'm in that task because everything is there. All like Finder, Safari, they're all there together. So I can stay there and I don't see my mail. I don't see Telegram. They're they're literally not there. I I used it thing. for similar things because for certain things it is nice. Like VS Code paired with Chrome, for example, that's a great space. I, but. I understand your point, Allison. It does. I, you know what would make me super happy? You know what I really want? I'm begging you guys. I just want a podcast of you two talking with each other about how you use your Macs. <laughs> <laughs> well, the great thing about the Mac is there's no right answer to that, right? There's a, there's a million different ways to use this yeah, tool. Yeah. Exactly. No, Bart, I'm right and you're wrong. Come on. <laughs> See, that's <laughs> why I want this podcast. Allison. You got that backwards. It's the other way around. Anyway. Um... The other big thing. I, I, I want to say one more thing on yeah, why okay. I think you've developed that workflow. Um, okay. Bart just switched from a 2017 uh, iMac and it had a Fusion drive and it took about three and a half hours for that thing to reboot. So Bart would got his thing set up and I mean, he could be having catastrophic problems with, with recording and would refuse to re- reboot because we would have to start tomorrow if he did. So now he's got a brand new uh, uh, studio That'll reboot in about 15 seconds. And I'll be curious to see whether you still resist rebooting because you have to set all that stuff up again, right? The spaces don't don't all come back, do they? They do for apps that don't suck, but there are apps that suck. (laughs) Some apps will very diligently go right back exactly where you put them in exactly the same window position. And Mm -hmm. Safari will collect all of your browser windows from all of your spaces and put them in space one. 
That's Apple's own app. What the heck excuse does Apple have for doing a worse job of spaces than other third-party developers do? Hmm? Okay, so back to why I think it's so inefficient. (laughs) So I am using Rectangle Pro. And Rectangle Pro will let me save window layouts. Now, it doesn't Mm. launch the apps and put them in the position. But if they're open and I, you know, do a, a shortcut for a specific layout, those apps will go into those positions. So what I haven't done yet, though, is test it with spaces. Interesting. Mm. I'll, I'll try it. And if it works, then what you could do is just get everything the way you want, include all of those apps in a current layout, and then just hit your shortcut and see if they go to the spaces that you want. I don't, I don't know. I haven't tried it with spaces yet, but I'll give it a shot and find out for you. Well, that sounds like an ideal world, because then I can tie it into my stream deck and just have a button that says programming. And then I just, right. poof. Everything is because for sure. For sure, when you reboot your Mac, you should be able to get all your apps that were open to launch again. Oh yeah. And then absolutely. if that's the case, but they're just not in the right place, if you could just hit a keyboard shortcut, at least, yeah, you're still doing something manually. But it's better than what you were doing manually. It's better than having to rearrange all those things. I've used Keyboard Maestro to build a uh, a layout. The the one time I don't have anarchy on my screen is when I'm doing my live show. And I've got a Keyboard Maestro macro that shuts off uh, all of the services I don't want to have running when I'm recording, like uh, Dropbox and Google Drive and Backblaze. And it turns off Wi-Fi and it shuts off the phone, does all the HomeKit stuff. But it also lays out my windows to specific locations. And that is a button on my Stream Deck. So I press that button, boom, everything comes up and goes where it's supposed to be. Cool. Right, I am going to jump us along. I guess we should probably mention the other big feature is continuity camera. Um, it's not a feature I'm particularly excited about, but I know other people are. Have either of you played Really? It? Right after complaining about the camera that you're yeah. using, you're saying you're not interested in continuity camera. Yeah, because I don't want my phone to be... My phone is my phone. It's far too important to do double duty. I will buy another Logitech like I have on my work machine. Oh, but it's so it in... much better than your Logitech, Bart. It's so much better. It is. It is. I guess the question is, how much of your time are you going to spend with your camera on? Like if you're at work, if you use it for work and you're on that camera all day, then there might be times where you don't want to use it. But for things like podcasting or if you're doing screen, I don't I don't know how many of your screencasts, Allison, you include your own video or not, but I assume there are times that you do. Oh, okay. Mm. No, we're not big into talking heads, but uh, I know what you're talking about. There are use cases for that, sure. Right. So for those situations, it might be nice. I I understand what you're saying, Bart. Like, I wouldn't want to be in work meetings all day long and have my phone sitting there and me not being able to do anything with it. But I, uh, no, I think it's a feature that I'll definitely be looking forward to once I um, get the OS capability. I did test it with, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, we should say that the, um, was it Belkin? Yeah, Belkin who promised they would make us a little mount. Belkin have made the mount, so you can buy the little Belkin mount to have your iPhone sitting up there. I highly recommend looking for other alternatives. Uh, There's nothing magical about the mount from Belkin, and a lot of people have fired up their 3D printers and making all different kinds of options. If you look on on Pinterest or even on Amazon, uh, there's tons of other options. So you think about it, it's pretty important what display are you going to put it on. I have a uh, an XDR display, and it's it's thick. 
So when I test it, I'm going to need a mount that's not just the one that goes on a laptop, but I might be more uh, likely to use it on a laptop. I did test it on the Mac Mini, and I ran into a really weird problem. It worked great. It was it was fine, but I ran into a really weird problem is your phone will continually say, uh, okay, I'm ready to be your camera. And it makes a little ding sound that is not suppressed by do not disturb. So I'd be sitting in my office on my real computer and my phone is going, ding, I'm ready to be your camera. I'm ready to be your camera because I'm near the Mac mini. And I was actually on a phone to um, uh, a a call with uh, Oliver Breidenbach of uh, Boinks. And he said, oh, there's a way to shut that off. And he helped me find the way to shut it off. The other thing I wanted to say was the phrase continuity camera. I hate that they use that because you shut it off. Using it's a switch that says continuity camera, but continuity camera is the same name that they use for the fact that you can uh, take a photo with your phone inside Apple Notes or scan a receipt. That's called continuity camera. So my question was, well, if I turn off continuity camera, have I now turned that off? But it isn't. It's a different continuity camera. It's the one that means a camera. They should have called it continuity webcam, shouldn't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that the, the the fact that you can go into preview and say file new scan and pick your iPhone as a scanner is magic. It is yeah. so good. Maybe maybe people don't know that's called continuity camera, so it's fine. Maybe. 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 Yeah. yeah, I use that all the time. I so often. Or to just take a picture because they say, I need a photograph of your driver's license to be able to give you this insurance or whatever. Say, yeah, whatever, fine phone, snap. It's brilliant. Okay, I'm going to move us on to our last main story, which is the new hardware that Apple didn't think was worthy of... Um, didn't think it was worthy of getting us a big shiny event, so we didn't. Allison didn't get to host a great big um, event and stuff for us all to get together in the community, which is always fun. I think you're in there as well sometimes, aren't you, Scott? When Allison hosts these things, I think. Yeah, Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I have been. Yeah, so it's no, super no, fun. No, no shiny event, but we did get some new stuff. So the Apple TV 4K got its innards upgraded. Um, The the only hot tip I'd give on that is uh, buy the bigger one because it's matter compliant. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's the weird thing. So they took out the Ethernet card on the cheap one. I was like, yeah, whatever. Who cares? But they also took out the thread radio to make it, you know, Wi-Fi. Or didn't put it in. Or didn't put it. Yeah, yeah, I guess whatever. And you want to phrase that. So basically, it's a little bit cheaper. There's now two versions of it. It does better HDR. It has a better chip. It has a bit more storage available. And... They've changed the remote to USB-C. Mm, you get nice. another sign that lightning is dying. Uh, but the real, the first of the big products is the 10th gen iPad no name, which is kind of amazing. Oh, please. Are we going to talk about that, Bart? This is such a, such a terrible story. Trying to explain Wait, it. <laughs> I'm go- Okay. I've written up in the show notes, so I try not to mess this up. So wish me luck. Let's see how we go here. Good luck. <laughs> So the 10 Gen iPad is faster, it has nicer colours, it has a bigger screen, the home button is gone, so it still has Touch ID, but it's moved to the sleep-wake button. The camera is now moved to where everyone wants it in the long side, and it's switched to having a USB-C port. Where things get a bit weird is that it only supports the first gen pencil with a weird adapter to shove it into that USB-C port the pencil can't really handle, and... It is compatible with the keyboard folio, but just not any of the existing ones. It's a whole shiny new keyboard folio that's not cheap. And I mean, it's, a and it's not really a folio. It's got a kickstand, which means you can't easily use it on your lap. But it's got function keys and it's got an escape key, which I would give my right arm for. Yeah. So it's a forward looking 
design change in the sense that we've moved the camera, we switched to the no home screen. So it's kind of a very forward looking design. It looks very like an iPad Pro shape wise, like it's and the colors are pretty. So it seems like a nice device. And then they also updated the iPad Pro to confuse the absolute bejesus out of us all. So they added an M2 chip. Basically, they didn't change the hardware design on the iPad Pro. And I think it's because they're on a tock and the iPad itself is on a tick. I think that's where the confusion comes from. So the camera's still in the wrong place uh, because there's a giant big charging thing for the pencil up there. Uh, But it has a big new M series chip, but they didn't change... They didn't basically bring any of the other improvements to the Pro, but they did give the Pro the ability to have hover on the Pencil 2. So everyone's complaining that the iPad lineup is now weird and that Apple have lost their mind. And the only, my theory is basically with the iPhone, the two models are on the same cycle. So they tick together and they talk together. But the iPad, they don't seem to have enough engineering people to do both iPhone, iPad models together. So the iPad no name is on a tick and the iPad Pro is on a talk, which means that right now they become awfully equivalent to each other until the iPad Pro gets to have its tick. So the next time there's an update, the iPad Pro will get a whole new hardware design, but the iPad no, no name will just get a new innard, is my theory. So I think it'll all make sense again, you know, whenever they update the Pro. But right now, I don't know what to advise people. Like, the the thing I've been saying about this one is, you know, Apple gets a lot of uh, fun made of them for saying that uh, this is the best iPhone we've ever made. But I realized <laughs> why they said it, because it's not true right now. This is not the best iPad they ever made. Neither yeah. is the 10th generation. They're both, the compromises are just weird. So they are just weird. And I think I don't I mean, I, I've linked I to the show to to opinion pieces and stuff, but I'm, I'm glad I'm not in the market for one right now because I don't know what I do. Except for being an M1, the 12.9 inch iPad Pro is probably the best iPad they've ever made because it's got the better display, ah, but it's got the camera on the sides. You see, exactly. What, we have to what, stop what, talking about it, Bart. We have to. We can't. This is madness. Yeah, I can't make much more sense of it. Them is the facts, folks. That's what happened. Make up your own mind about it. Um, All of the opinion pieces I was reading were basically various phrases of, huh? (laughs) Yeah. I think it would be less weird. I think the iPad lineup would be less weird if it wasn't for also the iPad Air. Because now now it it just makes it impossible for people to figure out what to get. Like, I I don't know who I would tell to get an iPad Air right now. I don't know. I'm with you. I don't know who I would. If somebody came to me and said, what should I get? I'd be like, I get a 10th gen and call it good. Unless they because if they need a pro, they know they need it. I think. I don't know. It's confusing. I guess if they don't need a pencil, the the 10th gen is not a weird device. But it doesn't Mm -hmm. have the laminated screen, whereas the air has the laminated screen, but the camera's on the wrong side. Yeah, circles. Circles. I just go around and around and around in circles and then never buy anything. That's, That's what happened to me. Um, unless anyone has a particularly strong opinion or some sort of amazing illumination to make sense of it all, I think we draw a line under that story. Yes, please. Yeah, I'm seeing lots of support <laughs> for madness. line drawing. It is madness. Right, well, let's finish up the show with a few quick stories that uh, made the news in October. Apple released a whole bunch of updates to their software, which always makes me happy. So iWork got some TLC. Uh, GarageBand Mainstage, which I didn't even know existed, got some TLC. And Logic Pro got some TLC. And we've also gotten a preview 
uh, of an updated version of the um, iCloud website. So they've given us a public beta of what will be the new iCloud online web interface, which I think should be quite nice. Alison. I has a question on yes. my Mac Mini where I put Ventura. I opened up the App Store and it's telling me that I have to adopt my apps. And the ones it's talking about are the ones you have here. It's the iWork apps and and GarageBand. What is? I don't know what adopt means. So I'm just I just left it sitting there. I, I'm paralyzed. So have you? Are you using Apple ID? You've never gotten those apps on before. No, never had any other Apple ID. Only one my whole life. And did you? Did you? Is this your first time getting these apps? No. That's weird. There are apps supposed, I already have. I haven't done anything but. Uh, but open the app store and they're sitting there waiting to be. Because what's supposed to happen is if you bought a new Mac for the first time, you're supposed to get those apps for free with your new Mac. And therefore, when you log into the store... No, they're not automatically installed. You can download them. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. So you were adopting them into your account because you bought a new Mac and you're entitled to them. But that's only supposed to happen if they're not already in your My Apps if they're not already in your Apple ID as being yours, that like you're not a new Mac user. That is not a screen I would expect you to see. Yeah. I don't know what I don't, I just opened it. I just screen shared into that Mac. I just opened it and I don't see it right now, but it was there. It was saying you have to adopt these. I was like, I don't know what you mean. And I ran away. I would have adopted them anyway. What's the worst that can happen? Well, actually, no, what's the worst that can happen? Everything breaks is the worst that can happen. Well, I was trying to have it stay so that I could show it to somebody, to, but it appears to have evaporated. So that's good. No, well, a bug was sometimes squished. the app store shows you things that don't really apply to you. Like sometimes you go to look at an app that you know you've paid for and it, it looks like you're going to have to pay for it again. But then when you click on it, it says you've already purchased this app. So sometimes I think the app store just does not know what it's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, try using the app store when you have multiple accounts on the same Mac. It ties itself in the weirdest of knots. Like on my work machine, I have an account for me and an account for work me. And the account for me will show 15 app updates and the account for me will show five. So there's one Mac. They're up to date or they're not. Anyway, <laughs> it gets a bit weird. Um, Apple have also released some new stuff for developers. They have a new program where you can have one-on-one coding help from Apple's developers. So, or from Apple's support people. So that may be of interest. And people in the United States have an interesting new option for purchasing Apple hardware. Best Buy have announced what is basically subscription hardware. It's called the Upgrade Plus program. So it's Mm. sort of a higher purchase thing. But when you get to the end, after you've paid for your X amount per month, you get a choice. You can either give back the hardware and not pay any more, pay a one-off payment for it to become yours, or upgrade to the next device and start over. So you effectively just have a monthly bill to keep getting the newest hardware. Which That's Apple kind of an interesting idea. Yeah. It's, you know, it's the hardware subscription. Everyone keeps expecting Apple to launch, but uh, Best Buy appeared to have got there first. I'd certainly consider doing it, especially business me would love to have a monthly expense instead of these really mm. scary things that make my accountant go, what the heck happened to you that quarter? It's like, ha, <laughs> yes, that's five years worth of computer. Okay. So yeah, that is that is all that caught my eye this month. Um detailed show notes at letstestalk.ie with all of the stories that informed my thinking on this month's news uh folks thank you very much for giving so freely of your time on this sunday morning slash afternoon slash evening anyway this sunday your free time you were kind enough to give me your free time and i really appreciate it 
So in reverse order, Scott, do you want to give people some links where they can find more of your great work? Oh, sure. Um, you can go to scottwilsey.com for my website. And I'm on Twitter at scottaw. And I'm on Mastodon at scottaw at fediverse.cu. And I have a podcast at Friends with Brews. That's B R E W S dot com. And that's probably more than you want to, more, more of me than you would ever want. I actually see two of you, Scott, on there. You're also on Mastodon.technology. Oh, but that one's closing down, I think. So that one's yes, going I away, yeah. Just followed you Yay. on Mastodon. I need to get my I need to start tooting instead of tweeting soon. Expect yeah. to see me on a Mastodon somewhere. That's a whole new a whole new ball game I need to learn more about. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Alison, for those two listeners who don't know you already, where can they find more of your great work? Well, the best place is at podfeet.com, P-O-D-F-E-E-T, where you can find my fine podcast with my uh, often co-host, Bart Bouchatz, where we talk about programming, we talk about taming the terminal, we talk about security bits, and then uh, uh, my flagship show, I'm by myself, except for when Bart is on it, doing uh, doing security bits. So a lot of fun over there, podfeet.com, and you can follow me on Mastodon at podfeet at chaos.social. I'll give Bart that link, but I'm on Twitter at podfeet chaos.social i like it that's a pretty cool server uh, also allison hosts an amazing slack community at podfeet.com forward slash slack uh if you join in there there's lots of fun people uh and whenever there's an apple event allison always hosts a fantastic live show so i always recommend joining allison's community because allison's community rock um oh. Just to say, if you would like to support... Well, actually, first off, thank you to everyone who ever has supported the show. This show has no ads. This show has no sponsors. This show exists for one reason and one reason only. You, the listeners, support the show. I am extremely grateful to each of you who have ever supported the show in any way, in any form. You will find big blue buttons under a section called support the show at letsashtalk.ie. So when you're reading those detailed show notes, you know, by all means, feel free to click those buttons. Um, I'm going to leave it at that for now uh, so I'm just going to say I've been your host Bart Bouchard so you can find me at bartb.ie and until next time happy computing You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network Hi, my name is Dave Ginsberg, and I am the host of the In Touch with iOS podcast. We talk about all things Apple, including iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, the news of the day, and related technologies. I am joined by many great guests from the Apple community, including Jeff Gamut, Guy Searle, Kelly Gumat, Chuck Joyner, and many others. Please give us a listen. You can find us in your favorite podcatcher or in touch with iOS.com.